Hello, podcaster. It's Charlie here, bringing you another episode of The Business of Podcasting. And today I am joined by the one and only Stefan Spencer. Now, Stefan is someone I would consider one of the best in the world at SEO. And he has not one, but two podcasts, Marketing Speak and Get Yourself Optimized. He's been podcasting for four years, and I think he is someone that truly understands what it takes to grow a podcast and what podcasting is all about. Now, I brought Stefan on because I really wanted to dig deep in how someone could use SEO strategies to actually grow their podcast. And what kind of ended up happening is we didn't speak about that at all. And the reason we didn't, which I think is a little bit funny, but you know, you bring someone onto your show for a reason. He just started dropping so many unique strategies and ways to leverage a podcast, even if you've got a small audience. And I felt that material was far more valuable and really, I didn't want to let it go to waste. I thought, let's dig here and make it really useful. We'll have Stefan back on at another point to come and talk about SEO. SEO, but I wanted to go deep here. Now, specifically, he talks about the ideas of how to leverage your podcast when you don't have an audience. So before you've even got any people listening, there are things you can do to benefit your business and create opportunities. And then the next part he goes into is the importance of getting a big name on the show early and what that can do for your leverage and the trajectory of your show itself. So I think there's a whole bunch of really important insights here and different things you won't have heard before about how you can use a podcast to create more opportunities. So we'll head over to the actual episode shortly. But before we do, please make sure if you're enjoying this content, like and subscribe to the show, share this podcast with other podcasters. We want to help as many podcasters as we can here. And if you haven't already, head over to the website, valamedia.com. That is our website. And have a look at the podcaster's edge page. I've started writing a weekly newsletter with a little tip and insight, which can help you grow your show week in and week out. So head over to valamedia.com, click on that podcaster's edge tab, and I hope to see you on that email list as well. So let's get stuck into this content. That's it from me. Welcome to the show, Stefan Spencer. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. No, my absolute pleasure. Um, we got to connect at an event last year, Superfast Business Live. And uh, based on your presentation, which you did on SEO, I became quite impressed with how you think about SEO and really what you've been able to accomplish in that space with the talk of your agency as well. Now, on the back of that, you actually have not one, but two podcasts, which makes you incredibly relevant for this show. So very, very cool. I'm excited to talk about that today. So for context for the listeners, first off, can you just tell us a little bit about what you do and then a little bit about each of your podcasts. Yeah. So I've been doing SEO since the 1990s, <laughs> ancient times in internet uh, terms. I started my first agency in 1995. It was Net Concepts, sold it in 2010. In the process, I decided uh, why not live somewhere exotic and amazing? So I decided to pick New Zealand. I don't know why, because I'd never been there. It just was intuitively the right choice. So I applied for residency, got in, and next thing you know, convinced my family to move there. And we were living in New Zealand for almost eight years. And then I moved back into to Wisconsin in 2007, sold the business in 2010. So yeah, now I'm on to my next agency slash consultancy. 
doing uh, SEO again, of course, because I love it. <laughs> I try and reverse engineer how Google works. Uh, I have three books. The Art of SEO is the one I'm most known for. It's, uh, it's this bad boy here, 1,000 pages. And somebody pinched your copy that I gave you uh, at the conference. So you ended up having to pick up another one on Amazon, right? <laughs> I'm still a little bit dirty on that. So just for context, listeners, um, Stefan very generously brought uh, copies of his book to this event. And he put one on each table. And there was about maybe six to eight people on each table. And I got one. I was very fortunate to get, get one. I was eager to get into this. And I put the book with my stuff. Now, if you're watching the video, you will notice this is a meaty book. This is um, not a small book at all. Like, so I didn't quite have room for it yeah, in my bag. Thousand pages, <laughs> <laughs> thousand pages. But I put it with my stuff in a pile with my bag, and on a break, it actually got nabbed. Someone at the event nabbed my copy. So of course I couldn't go around throwing accusations. So I ended up buying a copy on Amazon on the way home. <laughs> Well, thank you for that purchase. <laughs> I think I got a dollar out of it or something. The, the uh, royalties uh, with the big publishers is not very good. Anyway, so I've got that book. I've got uh, Google Power Search is my book on how to find anything with Google using you know, power user techniques and advanced search operators and things. And then my third O'Reilly book is social e-commerce. So it's about leveraging social media to drive online sales because I didn't want to be put in this box of being the SEO guy. I actually know quite a lot about social media marketing and email marketing, e-commerce, analytics, all that. So, Yeah, very well-rounded skill set. Now, Oh, oh the- I didn't tell you about the podcast, so you're probably going to ask about that, right? Yeah, I was coming back to it. Let's do it. Okay, so the two shows, Marketing Speak and Get Yourself Optimized, Marketing Speak is uh, all about how to up-level your online marketing, primarily online, but I do have some offline marketers on the show as well, but it's 98% online marketing. So that includes SEO, of course, uh, Facebook, uh, Facebook ads, and Facebook organic, LinkedIn, YouTube, YouTube advertising, organic YouTube, gosh, everything under the sun. I've had Seth Godin on, uh, Dan Kennedy, Matt Monweg, the creator of WordPress. Yeah, lots and lots of really awesome, famous people. And my Get Yourself Optimized podcast is not about SEO at all. It's about biohacking, life hacking, productivity, personal development, spirituality, stuff that will up-level your life instead of just your business. Although there are a few business episodes in there too. So um, I, I love personal development. It's been a huge transformational game changer in my life. I'm literally unrecognizable from the guy I used to be. 10 years ago, if you look at a, a photo of me from, from a decade ago, you would think you wouldn't even recognize me for one. And for two, you would think, okay, if this is you, it must not be you. It must be like your father because this guy looks 20 years older than you do now. And that was a decade ago. So. I've actually seen that photo. You brought it to the event. And um, I actually, uh, you know, when when people say that, because a lot of people will throw around claims like that, I'm like, given a bit of, yeah, sure, okay, maybe. But when I actually saw that photo, it is, you can only just tell a little bit with your face if you really look, but you would actually yeah. never think it was the same person. It's an incredible transformation. Yeah, yeah, thank you. So oftentimes I will get people with their jaws dropping, like, it actually happens. They drop their jaw. <laughs> it's, it's fun to watch. I'd go to conferences and the people wouldn't recognize me. Now they're used to me looking like this, but before 
Uh, I'd speak at all these conferences and then I'd show up for the same conferences as usual. And then I'd hang out in a group of people. And, and these are all people I knew, but I wouldn't let on who I was. I'd just wait for them to notice and recognize me. And, and they, they wouldn't. So eventually I kind of spilled the beans and they're like, oh my God, <laughs> that's you, Stefan? It's fun. It was fun. Uh, so those days are over. I'm just me now. But uh, you know, that, that whole transformational journey, it all started with the Tony Robbins event, walking on 2000 degree hot coals in my bare feet. And I'm like, I've got to share this with the world. Like all, like it, it was, it opened up this whole universe to me of personal development and spirituality. Like the spirituality thing didn't come for an extra three years until I went to India and got touched by a monk given a, a oneness blessing. It's called a diksha. And then everything like, oh my God, it was just transformational in a whole other way. I, I felt so connected to the fabric of creation, to the creator, to everything. I went outside right afterwards and I just remember the green grass and green like trees and everything being this brilliant technicolor green like a cartoon. It was just so bizarre. Like I was on an LSD trip or something, except I've never done drugs. <laughs> it was incredible. And I was agnostic my whole life up until that point. So I had to like write a book and that's where it started was I got it. I got to have a book that chronicles this journey so that other people can take it for themselves because i had to spend a lot of money to do like all the tony robbins events and everything i probably spent a half million to a million dollars uh over the last decade in personal developments and these masterminds and seminars i wanted to share that with the world through initially the book which is still being worked on and then that became the podcast because I needed to interview all these subject matter experts and I didn't want to just throw those interviews away. I wanted to reuse them. So I ended up creating a podcast out of it. Oh, sensational. And what a great journey to get to creating a podcast outside of marketing as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's so fun. It's, it's a, it's a passion project for me. So I, I, I get so much out of it. It just lights me up and I know I'm revealing light every episode. I'm, I'm doing good in the world. I'm, helping somebody maybe save their lives or a friend's life or a family member's life or their, their soul, like getting them to uh, be more happy or more uh, fulfilled or to reset their, their mindset, which might be kind of negative or um, kind of cynical or, or otherwise, you know, just not peak performance. So that's, that's, really fun for me. I, it definitely makes it all worthwhile. It sounds like you get a lot of enjoyment out of that project. It seems there's a, a fulfillment piece to it. But Stephen, yeah. I, want, I want to shift this to a, a direction here. I've been dying to ask you this question. And I intentionally haven't asked you it prior to the episode because I think it is going to be a fascinating point of view. With your skill set, you have a phenomenal uh, skill set with SEO and marketing, as you mentioned on, uh, sorry, social media marketing. You effectively are one of the people that has an unlimited traffic potential with these platforms. So why did you start a podcast at all? How did that fit in to your overall, I suppose, want and need to, from podcasting? For me, I, I really enjoy that kind of intimate conversation with folks. I, I love to be the trusted advisor you know we, we uh we're both 
fans of Jay Abraham. I can uh, actually call him a friend. And uh, he has a very important principle that he teaches called the principle of preeminence. If your prospect or your client is better off by being sent to your competitor, it is your moral obligation to do so and not to take that customer on, not to take their money, but to send them away to where they will be better served. And, and I think of that like business karma. So this is, this is a spiritual game that we're playing. It's, uh, and it's called business, right? We're playing a spiritual game. We're hopefully creating more value than we're taking. And if, uh, if I can add value, massive value in somebody's life and their business in their mission or what have you, uh, I'm going to do it. And what better way to do that than having an hour long conversation in their ear? So powerful. Like it, they can get all these junk food kind of snacks of three minute long videos and so forth on YouTube, and they can get quick to consume blog posts and so forth. But it's the podcasts that really move people, I think, because you're, it's so intimate. It's, it's, uh, it, it activates their creative centers because they're imagining stuff. They're not seeing the pictures in front of them at the same time. So it really, it, it's like having a book read to you or something. It's, it's so powerful. I'll second that. I can, obviously, I'm heavily biased when I say that. Obviously, I'm all in on podcasting myself, but certainly I see the same thing. It's a, a completely different relationship you have with someone if they listen to your podcast versus maybe read your blog or see some short uh, content from you. So, have that effect from there. Now, I brought you onto the show for a specific reason um, because of your absolute uh, skill set in SEO. Like, you would definitely be one of the best in the world, if not the best, depending on the day of the week when it comes to SEO. But what I feel is that when it comes to podcasting, that non not many people have connected the dots on how SEO and podcasting can work together or potentially be leveraged into each other. So, I wanted to know because I've gone through your um, site and looking at some of the things you were doing with SEO there and it's clear that you're putting effort and energy in. So how do you think about how SEO and podcasting can work together? Yeah. Well, I'm all about the strategy of things and not just tactically applying all the best practices because there's not enough time to tick all the boxes of all the best practices that you could do, all, all the different th platforms that you could syndicate to and all the ways that you can repackage and repurpose that audio content in different formats. It's really about strategy. And my favorite quote from The Art of War, is, from uh, Sun Tzu, The Art of War, is it's this, tactics without strategy is the noise before defeat. It's that a is powerful a, quote. That is I love incredibly that powerful. I love that too. Right? So you don't want to be the guy or the gal that's uh, running around doing all these tactical things, and then you end up getting slaughtered on the battlefield. You need to be very deliberate in where you put your time, your energy, your focus. So if I have a bigger outcome for a particular episode or a particular show, like for example, my big vision for Get Yourself Optimized is I will have a New York Times bestselling book and I will be on Good Morning America or the Today Show or both talking about that book. That's my end game. I will get there some way or another. I will get there. And other things that I do along the way 
with that podcast, they're just stepping stones. And, and I'm, I'm a big biohacker. I love optimizing my biology. I, I optimize. I optimize with Google. I optimize with my, my own physiology, psychology, everything. So like, for example, Dave Asprey, uh, Bulletproof uh, executive, you know, he's got the Bulletproof brand, Bulletproof coffee and all that. He was talking about the Carol bike. It's an AI-based stationary bike that uh, the AI figures out how much resistance to give. And you, you sprint hard out for 20 seconds, two times. And then there's a little, there's a little warm-up. You do the sprint. Then you do a, a recovery. And then you do another sprint. And then a cool down and you're done. So like nine minutes with just the 40 seconds of hard out uh, sprinting. And that is enough to replace gym workouts for the next three days. So you do two of these a week, maybe three, and you're good. So people who are uh, time poor can get a lot of value out of this bike. And I'm like, I want a bike. So they contact me asking me uh, if I would you know, take them as a sponsor or uh, advertiser. And I'm like, no, nah, I, I don't have ads. I don't, I don't do sponsors. But you can give me a bike and I'll have, have your founder on the show. And of course, That's they right. sent me a $3,000 bike. <laughs> <laughs> so, I feel like you've told me this story for me, Stefan. I'm like, oh, sounds like I need this bike. <laughs> It's pretty awesome. And and like a week earlier, Dave Asprey, uh, he spoke at an event and I was there and I know Dave and I was I asked him privately afterwards, like, you mentioned the Carol bike. Like, are you like for real, really into this bike? He's like, Yeah, it's it's awesome. So I'm like, all right, I I'm that's cool. I'm I I'm I'm into it now then too. So I got one. And uh so that's just one of many different things that I've been able to uh, to get oh, and another thing that I got was uh, I did a week's worth of uh, Zen meditation type of neurofeedback. It's called uh, Forty Years of Zen. It's one of Dave Asprey's companies, and um, I got a really good podcaster only deal. Maybe it's a special Stefan deal. I don't know. I don't know if he they offered it to other podcasters or not. But you are in such a great position as a podcaster to get incredible deals like half off or full, uh, you know, fully <laughs> free and stuff like that. So a uh, $15,000 week-long package I got for, I'm not able to probably say what the amount was, but for an incredible discount. And I got it times two because my wife came as well. Excellent. Uh, it, it was life-changing. Like that week, I had it unlocked memories from 40 years ago that I hadn't had in 40 years crazy like I, I, it's like wow this is this is super cool um i i did stem cell therapy so the stem cell doctor of dave asprey uh he did a stem cell procedure on on me and on my wife orion so um afterwards her shoulder pain and her wrist pain went went away like 95 percent from that stem cell procedure and we got an incredible deal on that and actually he became a seo client after that as well so it, always look for the strategy around whether it's a guest or a topic or uh, some sort of technology, device, product, service, whatever. Like who are on your dream list of potential mentors that you could talk to? Like to have an hour-long conversation with somebody that uh, is a hero to you becomes possible when you have a podcast. Yeah, I agree it's to really, that. It's been one it's of really the, amazing. Uh, 
it's crazy the positioning you get and that uh, coming back to Jay's philosophy of preeminence there. Like it yeah. certainly is a, I feel like it's a tool to actually execute on that. It really yeah. does become that. So here's the secret though, to make it really work is the first, let's say 10 episodes, you need to have at least one massive celebrity type of guest. In the first 10 episodes of Marketing Speak, I had Jay Abraham. Huge positioning play, but also it's a domino effect. Because once you say, oh, and by the way, it's, yeah, it's a new podcast, but Jay Abraham's already been on. Then it's super easy to get other big name, uh, like heroes from, from your, your wish list onto the show as well. They fall like dominoes. And once you have a handful, then they don't even ever ask hardly about like, what are your download numbers? I hate that question. Cause it's, it's not pertinent. It's not uh, like if you have a thousand true fans, that's from Kevin Kelly. Uh, that that's a foundational article. We should put that in the show notes. If you have a thousand true fans, it, that trumps a hundred thousand wishy-washy fans who are just kind of, uh, you know, fair weather friends. Cause the, those true fans they they are what Neil Strauss would refer to as the street team. His street team would, call the bookstores and say, hey, do you have Neil Strauss's new book? I'm like, what new book? It, it's called the, it, uh, the Truth or whatever the book was that was uh, coming out at the time. Like, um, no, it doesn't look like we have it yet. When are you going to get it? Uh, I don't know. Give me a minute. Let me talk to my manager and find out. And then another person calls from the street team. Hey, I'm looking for Neil Strauss's book, The Truth. Do you have it? Gosh, that's weird. I just got a call from somebody else asking, but no, we don't have it yet. Uh, when are you going to get it? All <laughs> right. So those diehard fans that's who you're cultivating with your podcast you don't do it that way with the twitter feed or with the you know your your followers on 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 social media they're more like the fair weather friends the people who will dedicate an hour or whatever the length of the podcast is a half hour every week to listen to you they're your thousand true fans and they are worth their weight in gold it's really interesting because um I see some niche shows that do have relatively small audiences, but they are so passionate. And coming back to Kevin Kelly, that very much that thousand true fans. I think when a podcast gets to that tipping point, when they have that is when they start to see some real success from it. And to your point is I've seen some massive shows with massive download numbers, but um, doesn't necessarily turn into anything else. They just consume the content and they never build a deeper relationship or become a client or attend events or uh, read books or anything else that are in yeah. line with what you do. But it does, you know, it doesn't even matter if you've hit that threshold yet. If you had 20 listeners, you could still have massive success out of your podcast. Let me give you an example. Let's say that you wanted to showcase your amazing work with uh, your clients. Well, my, it's pretty hard to get clients to uh, commit to giving a case study or uh, being on video for testimonial. It's not hard, though, if, especially if you have some other episodes with some big name guests to say, would you like to be a guest on my show? Right. So I've had the founder and CEO of Income Store, for example, uh, on uh, Marketing Speak. I've had the founder of Numerologist.com on uh, another client of mine, the CTO and co-founder of digitaltrends.com. These are all clients who talked about how amazing the SEO was working with me. It's just, it's so powerful to have that kind of platform 
even if you have no downloads, you turn that episode into a case study article right up for your company website, for your agency, for your consultancy, whatever. And boom, you've got massive social proof. Another thing that you can do is imagine if you had a mentor or a, a hero, somebody that a lot of people looked up to, somebody like Jay Abraham, interviewing you about your subject matter expertise. Wouldn't that be huge? Well, love you can use up. your podcast. You What's that? I love the frame up. It's the positioning that makes that yeah. so incredibly powerful. Right. Because if this person who's super valuable and, and adding so much light in the world and, and their, in their topic space, like Jay or Seth Godin or somebody has all these questions for you, it's like they're giving you the floor and saying, you're important, you're an expert, I need to hear from you, and everybody else listening needs to hear from you too. That is such powerful positioning, and uh, you can pull that off with your podcast. You know, I, I was able to do that. I first got Jay Abraham on talking about all his amazing principles of the things that he's known for, like preeminence and, and the Parthenon principle and so forth. And then I got the opportunity to get interviewed by him about SEO because he was really impressed with all my knowledge and experience and expertise and everything and the kinds of clients that I worked with. And he's like, I want to learn more. And so he asked me tons of questions. We recorded that. I used that as a second episode uh, later on. And uh, he actually used that episode too on his podcast, The Ultimate Entrepreneur. So I got to appear on his show as well. Uh, and uh, again, he, he used another episode of mine when I interviewed him again for my other show for Get Yourself Optimized. That's another thing too, is if you have two shows, the really big guests that you want to ask two different sets of conversations, uh, have two, two different conversations with, you can do that. So I had a more of a metaphysical kind of uh, spiritual conversation with Jay on Get Yourself Optimized. And then I actually repurposed that onto marketing speak after uh, like six months or, or a year or so. So then I have Jay Abraham on my show three times on marketing speak. So these kind of opportunities are incredible and you don't need a massive uh, listenership or subscriber base to, to get massive value out of them. I just, I'm super pumped about podcasting and and what it, it can do for you for for the world for humanity that's really interesting i think there's two strategies you've just dropped out of nowhere um <laughs> in all honesty it's like the idea of using your podcast as a way to create testimonials I think that is incredibly powerful for the, the reason you said is that if I, what chance do you really have of saying, hey, can you shoot an hour testimonial video with me? Like what, what client's going to say yes to that? May, maybe a couple, but it's like the idea of if you were inviting someone to come on a podcast, the um, dynamic and reasoning and benefit to them as well makes that such a more appealing offer because they they will feel they're getting so much more out of it and that can become such a showcase of what your ideal client looks like. So I, I definitely think that's something that a lot of podcasts could benefit from introducing, um, which is, is quite unique. And then to your point, just to recap, you know, what you've managed to create uh, and the leverage with your experience with Jay, I don't think anyone else has created I think that puts you in a, in a truly unique position with him where you've gotten the most of the, out of that experience. 
Yeah. And and now we're talking about maybe doing a, a, a workshop together to co-present together. So hopefully that comes together. That'd be another huge, I don't know, milestone in my career. Uh, and I'm super excited about that that opportunity. We'll see. Other things happen that uh, I never dreamed about, different relationships that have formed because of a podcast interview that I had. You can handpick these people out of like New York Times bestseller lists, out of uh, the top podcasters lists, out of like just uh, books that have most changed your life. As long as the author is still alive, I mean, why not? Aim higher, you'll do better. I learned that from uh, the Karis negotiating seminar I went to in 1995. <laughs> Aim higher, you'll do better. It's really true. Um, oh, another thing, too, I want to mention about these whole case studies, testimonials things is uh, two things I want to mention about this. One, if you don't have the kind of clientele that would be household name, don't let that stop you aim higher, you do better, right? So if you're looking to get offered to help them for free, in exchange, you get the use of a testimonial quote and their logo to use on your website. And I did this back in, I think, 2001 or 2000 when we were going from being just a pure web development shop with SEO, building SEO into the websites. We were building all these e-commerce websites to having SEO consultancy as a separate offering to the bigger brands. I mean, we did have some big brands at the time that we built uh, Web or Bird's Eye was, was an example of that. Uh, Gorton's Seafood uh, was another. But we wanted to really put our shingle out there as an SEO consulting agency that does audits and so forth. So we offered Target.com a free comprehensive SEO audit in exchange for testimonial and use of their logo. And they said yes. And we floored them with the amazing comprehensive SEO audit that we did for them. Then we got to put their logo and testimonial from them on our website. And then the sales just flew in. Like, wow, if Target's willing to work with uh, NetConcept, certainly I can too. And uh, so you can, any company can, can, can implement that strategy. You don't even need a podcast to do that. But the way that you then take this to another level by using a podcast is then you offer these big name guests who wouldn't maybe give you the time of day uh, normally. There's always a price that somebody has. Like there's always a price that, uh, okay, I'm in, right? And so what if I approach somebody and say, and by the way, I'm happy to do an hour free consulting session on SEO. And I guarantee I will find at least six, maybe seven figures of uh, revenue for you in that hour-long call. And you don't have to be on the call. You could just have your chief operations officer, your SEO manager, your marketing director, whatever, be on that call. And uh, you can record it. It's going to be gold. And I'll do that before you even jump on the, uh, on the uh, interview with me. So I've gotten some huge guests by doing that. And then they're like, Stefan, we need to talk about potentially hiring you because I was just floored with all that amazing stuff that you you gave us and that was so generous of you. And th- I, know, I know there's a lot more and I know that we could m- make so much money working with you. So send us a proposal, et cetera. And, and uh, it, it works. It works like gangbusters. That, that's a really interesting thing to think about as well is that that's actually an acquisition strategy. 
you could yeah. absolutely make that a client acquisition strategy. But um, even if yeah. the acquisition doesn't come off, if you got the interview and perhaps use of the logo or a testimonial with that, the leverage you could pull off even not working with that potential company you wanted to work with would be worth it. Yeah. Well, the, for one, they, they become lifelong friends. Even if they don't become a client, they refer folks to you. They come up and say hello, and they're big names, right? So Dave Asprey has been on my show. He's been on Orion's show on my wife's uh, podcast, Stellar Life. And he says no to most people's requests to be on, on their shows. Like, he's a very busy guy. I think he's a billionaire. I mean, he's he's doing pretty well for himself, right? So his I've, time I've is valuable. Rum- I've heard rumors he's actually one of the hardest to get. His time is that scheduled into blocks that if you get a pod, it's a rarity for him to do guest spots at all. Is what I've heard. Yeah, yeah. and he's coming back on my show. He's got <laughs> he's got he's got another uh, booking with uh, with me for I think uh, two weeks from now. So this stuff happens. If you deliver massive value, so give and then get rather than try to get, I hate all these like, uh, podcast booking services that are just right in for the get right interview valet or expert bookers or whatever they're called who like, there's a bunch of them out there. I do like interview connections. Uh, they're, they're one of the better ones. I, I like Jessica and what she's up to, but they just go in for the jugular. Like, hey, we want to have uh, our client on your show and here's his or her one sheet and here's the bio and here's the, the set of questions you can ask and here's why this person is going to be important and valuable and da, 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 da. It's like, well, hello, you don't even listen to my show and you have, or if you've said that I have a great show, I pretty much can guarantee you're lying to me. I could quiz you on some of my past guests and episodes and you're going to fail that test almost certainly. So it's already, you're, you're, they're set up to be disingenuous from the get-go. It just feels, it feels so unauthentic. It feels gross. I have it It, all the time. I hate it. I really hate it. So if you're going to try and get booked on big name uh, podcasts, do it yourself and be authentic and genuine and add value first. Give and then get. And so the way I do it is because I'm so good at SEO, I offer to give them SEO advice. And boy, did I save Dave from, uh, he's, he dodged a serious SEO bullet. Serious. Uh, he was going to move his Bulletproof executive to a, another, uh, to all that whole blog and all that great content to another domain and start all over again with zero authority and trust. And I'm like, no, don't do it. <laughs> Put it on bulletproof.com. And uh, thankfully, they took my advice and didn't, <laughs> didn't start with a brand new like bulletproofblog.com or something. So you can really add value for people disproportionately, right? It's an hour of your time on a Zoom call, and you've saved them potentially seven figures, maybe only save them six figures or five figures, but you're going to save them so much more than what an hour of your time would be normally charged at, right? So that is already setting you up for uh, success here in being a valued uh, uh, referral partner and so forth. So they'll potentially refer business to you. I've, I've gotten some rec- some referrals from Dave, which is you know, amazing. I, I didn't request those. Those were sent to me unsolicited. So if you use this strategy, uh, so make that dream list 
And these would be potential clients, potential like uh, mentors or, or coaches or what have you that you couldn't possibly afford. And all sorts of amazing opportunities can come to pass just from you giving first. Heck, I just had a prospect call, which was one of those giving sessions in exchange for a huge name guest uh, who was on a second time on, on one of my shows. And I'm like, I want to offer you this and you really should take me up on this this time because he didn't take it up uh, the first time. It's like, okay, this time I, I really am. I really am going to take it up. And he had his CEO contact me and I just blew him away in an hour long call. And he's like, what's it going to cost to hire you? And that was like two hours ago. So this stuff works and you don't need to have a huge uh, like audience uh, to make it work. What's fascinating, the, sh the strategies you've spoken about so far, you don't actually need any audience at all <laughs> to potentially, which is quite unique thinking when it comes to podcasting, because I would say the general consensus of most people is like build a big audience and then work yeah, out how to Yeah, it's all about the it. numbers. And that is a mistake. Because if you have a conversation with one person, you spend an hour with them, you talk them off the, the ledge, so to speak, and they don't harm themselves or others or whatever. How valuable is that compared to being on national TV or having a you know, podcast episode get into the millions of downloads or something? It's, it, it's priceless to save somebody's life because you took the time to do that one-on-one -on -one conversation and really share from your heart and listen to the person, it's, it's powerful stuff. I mean, this, like I said, it's all a spiritual game. What's fascinating is I've just realized on this podcast, before we hit record, you actually showed me uh, an error with my SEO, um, which was there. <laughs> I, I didn't do that for any, like, any, just to help you. Like, seriously, uh, none of this strategy came to mind. I was just helping you. I, I was Googling you doing my research. <laughs> but to your point, it's like that preeminence. I would never, like, when I look at this, if someone says, who do I go to, to SEO? Just based on that little one minute where you took the time and did something specific, it's like you are top of mind. It's like it is creating those really powerful connections where you, you know, you would refer someone across. So I can see that actually happening based on those things. Now, I just want to yeah. touch on something there. You've created a, a killer strategy for someone who can perhaps give away uh, time as that their product or what they can leverage there. But if someone had, let's say, a physical product or maybe an e-commerce store or they sold apparel, would you replicate that perhaps with maybe sending a little gift bundle or something like that? Do you think it's worth moving into that other side and being generous with products as well? Um, as long as you do it in a way that feels not icky, right? So if you're just sending free product with the hopes of getting a positive mention on a podcast, that doesn't feel good. That, that feels a little icky. But if like, like uh, I'll give you an example of a very clever approach to this that, uh, that Greg Merrilies did, you, you know, Greg, uh, studio okay. one design, uh, love Greg. I love studio one. Uh, they do all my web design, uh, work for, for me and I always recommend them to my clients. So what Greg did back in, I think it was 2014 or something like that to really make a name for himself was to give and then get. First, he gave to James Shramko and uh, Ezra Firestone a designed T-shirt. He came up with a, a logo for their Think, Act, Get podcast. 
It was a really cool looking logo. They didn't have a logo for the show. And he put it on t-shirts and he sent t-shirts to both Ezra and James. And they, they were so happy with the logo and the t-shirts and everything. They wore that around and there were conferences wearing those shirts and stuff. And they made sure they got interviewed wearing those shirts and stuff. They were really proud of that. And that opened up a whole uh, relationship with Greg and uh, like James, for example, has referred tons of business to Greg over the years. And it all started with some free t-shirts. So that's a really clever play. And I actually remember those t-shirts from back then. So um, well played, Greg. I love that as a strategy. So when it can be personalized and caring or can actually add value to something someone's doing like that example, then product can make sense. But just sending one, let's say a random box of goodies that your company produces that that is probably not a way to go with this. Right. So you got to make it relevant. That's that's number one. You know, when I, uh, I, I got on TV a number of times and uh, so you, it's a really nice gesture after you've been on TV to give the TV producer a gift, something small, 20 bucks or whatever. Don't like make it seem like bribery, but you give them a, a nice thank you for having that opportunity being on their show. So I was on a TV on the uh, on the morning blend in Tucson, Arizona, and the the uh, TV producer. He's quite a character. He's really funny, like very very funny. And I found out from one of my coaches who knows this uh, TV producer what what he really liked, what he was really into. And one thing he told me about that this guy loved is really gourmet hot dogs. So I gave him a package of gourmet hot dogs, uncooked, and and you know, I picked them up at the grocery store on my way in. Wrapped it all up in nice wrapping paper and everything, and that was the gift I gave him afterwards. And he loved it. He was just giddy about getting a bunch of hot dogs, which is kind of ironic because I'm vegan. But um, yeah, that's the first time <laughs> that, that I've bought, bought hot dogs <laughs> in a very, very long time. So he loved it. He actually posted a picture of uh, the hot dogs on his uh, Facebook. Uh, like it, it was a big deal for him. And they were just hot dogs. It's awesome. But relevancy made that the, the, this magical gift for him. Right. So do your research, find out what really lights them up. If they're big into downhill skiing, get them the latest little gadget or something that uh, helps them with, you know, being a better skier or, or pack the skis up after they're done with their skiing or whatever it is. You know, something that makes it makes it feel like they are important to you and you took the time to do the research can kind of the opposite effect of i love your podcast and uh, the last episode insert name of guest here uh, was fabulous and we would love to have you consider our clients insert name here here's this one sheet etc hate those right because it's the exact opposite of the relevancy well, I almost feel um, – so I actually do. For every guest I have on this show, I listen to their podcast before they come on um, because often it will give insights to questions, so it's very useful research to me. So when I do it, it's like I, I want to be authentic, but you can totally tell when someone hasn't and they haven't taken the time. And as you referenced earlier, it would only take one or two questions to have them come heavily unstuck in that area there and to the point where like what I think you've identified really well here if you're someone who's doing this to get on podcasts the strategy needs to change instead of that bulk 
um, kind of send as many as you can and see what sticks to maybe pick five shows you really want to go on and go that extra level, like put an email yeah. in and do listen to the episodes. Find the the gourmet hot dogs for this person's life, I think yeah. is the um, way to do it. It's, it. it's the Pareto principle. It's the 80-20 rule, which also, by the way, applies to just SEO in general, right? If you can go after the 20% that will get you 80% of the benefit, not just in terms of the podcast shows that you could be a guest on, but also in terms of the links that you could get from high authority, high trust websites, because that's what really powers your SEO. If you want to rank high in Google, you need to have high authority, high trust links. Like I was able to get published in Harvard Business Review earlier this year. Huge uh, win for me. And I got a link at the bottom of my article. So not only am I an HBR contributor, but I have a link from hbr.org. Boom, right? I, I spoke at Stanford. I gave a free talk. And now on their info talks area of their site, there are multiple links to my site, to the various resources that I shared with the attendees in my session, right? So that strategy of going after the 20% that gives you massive credibility, massive trust as far as Google sees it, that's that's a huge strategic place. Talking about like tactics without strategy and being the noise before defeat, this this is killer right here, right? If you can spend the same amount of time trying to chase up normally 100 links and you do it for the five links that will point to your website with massive trust and authority now instead of just a bunch of random, you know, regular Joes, huge difference there. Well, that's probably a perfect segue. I mean, thank you so much. That was such an unexpected um, strategy on how to use a podcast, I guess, more strategically, really, from what guests you have on and how they could potentially even turn into clients. But I feel like we've uh, scanned over where your uh, one of your really strong talents is in the SEO element there. So I wanted to bring this back and look at what are some of the things podcasters can do to use SEO more effectively with their show? Yeah. Well, the, the key thing here is you're creating something in an audio format. And although Google is getting better at taking that audio and doing something uh, amazing with it, like turning that into uh, searchable content on its own, you can't just rely on that. A lot of people don't have time to listen to podcasts and they like to just scan through articles, but nobody wants to read a transcript. Like who's going to get excited about reading a transcript with a bunch of the back and forth banter and just like not cutting to the chase. Having an article made out of the transcript, however, is a very powerful strategy. And if you have an hour long show or a half hour long show, that's a lot of textual content. You don't even have to pay money to get that transcribed. I, I do. I have somebody out of the Philippines who does a very good job for me. Um, I've been using her for, for years now. But if you have, uh, let's say, a free otter.ai account, then you can say, uh, I'm going to just every week run my podcast through that. And then I'm going to have that textual content that I'm going to use as the basis for an article, which will be the show notes. It's not just some bullet list because that's not really that meaty for the search engines to sink their teeth into. It's much more valuable to have uh, a show notes that is based on the entire transcript. And then you break up the text with images, like you can find free stock photos on pexels.com, on unsplash.com, 
just doing a creativecommons.org uh, search. It's easy to find great free photos to break up the text. So let's say now you've got this long form blog post and you can see examples of these on uh, my uh, marketingspeak.com site on your getyourselfoptimized.com uh, site. So either of those uh, would be great examples of the, that approach. And then from there, you can repurpose and repackage the episodes into other formats like Lumen5 videos. Are you familiar with Lumen5.com? I'm not. Oh, that's a really cool uh, tool for making social media uh, videos. They've got a lot of stock photos, stock videos, and uh, all these different effects to bring in images uh, and, and photos, or like images and text and so forth. And you've seen, I'm sure, tons of these Lumen5 videos. You just didn't know Lumen5 was powering it. When you see these uh, kind of uh, like goal cast type of videos on, ah, on yes. social media and they've got some text and some music playing and then another image uh, fades in or a little video clip fades in and then there's another bit of text maybe with a box behind it, that sort of stuff, Lumen5. Oh, and, and so I have a, a team member who specializes in Lumen5 videos. I have a team member that creates infographics using PictoChart. You know, I can use Canva too, but PictoChart is like an infographic construction kit. And so you take the 10 best things from that episode, the actions to take, or the best tidbits of tips or, uh, or stats or trends or whatever, you turn that into an infographic. You can also create a checklist. I, I create a downloadable PDF checklist out of every single episode while well, my team does that, right? So that makes another takeaway, another uh, repackaging of all this great content from the episode, a slide share deck. You create a PowerPoint with those top 10 items of those tips or, or takeaways or whatever, and you upload that to SlideShare, which is owned by LinkedIn now. And then you post that uh, as a LinkedIn post. And, so, and, and also you can upload these videos that you create with Lumen5 natively to Facebook and LinkedIn and, and Instagram and so forth, Twitter, and then those will get some traffic and, and, and visibility too. Uh, you can also create videos with audio waveforms and a still image. Now, like there's tools that do that, but that's not nearly as engaging as a Lumen5 video with these um, things happening with text coming in and, and stock video playing in the background, that sort of thing. So lots and lots of ways to repackage and repurpose that wonderful piece of content that you worked so hard to get by getting that great guest on the show for a half hour or an hour. Absolutely. And just to back up your point there, the audiograms, which I believe are made in like Headliner, um, the lowest performing piece of social content that uh, we've seen across all the clients of Vela Media. So I'll back you up on that in those don't seem to perform as well as things like, uh, now that I know the name, the Lumen 5 videos and uh, other infographics from there. Now, your show notes would have to be some of the most comprehensive I've come across. I don't think I've actually ever seen someone put as much, uh, I'm going to say effort and energy there, quite long, quite in-depth, well-written, The even down to the inclusion of images. But there was two things I noticed in your show notes that I hadn't actually seen anyone else do. And that was one, you have tweetables and also pins included in your show notes from there. Does that play a role in your SEO strategy or might even be a tactic when it comes to doing your show notes as well? Yeah, so I'm glad you brought that up. So Pinterest is a secret weapon. 
people don't realize this, but if you post a video or a, a, a social quote card or something to Twitter or Facebook or Instagram or wherever, that has a very short shelf life. Nobody's going to go look at that video that you posted a week ago. It's just not going to happen, right? It's dead after a couple of days, even a day, right? So that's why folks like Guy Kawasaki, who are big on Twitter, say, yeah, I post the same exact tweet three times in a week. I just repost it at different times a day because I know different audiences will, will see it then. And people, not enough people complain that he's reposting the same stuff so that he doesn't change his behavior. He keeps reposting the same stuff because it works. But the thing about this is if you are creating content for Pinterest, Pinterest is evergreen. Think about like if you are planning a wedding, if you are planning a baby shower, if you are scrapbooking, if you are uh, planning some home renovations, like a kitchen uh, remodeling project, you're pulling pins from all sorts of places, all sorts of pin boards, all sorts of uh, uh, Pinterest accounts that people have, and you don't care whether they posted that last week or last year, right? So this stuff is evergreen. You can sit, I, I, one of my resources who's a power user on Pinterest, uh, she's one of my team, uh, and she's a power user also on Reddit. That's another sleeper of an opportunity most people do not get in terms of marketing, the marketing potential. But for Pinterest, she stopped pinning on her personal Pinterest account for, I don't know, let's say six months, maybe it was even longer. So she just kind of went dark for a while because she was busy with other stuff. This was on her personal account. And she just went back and looked at the stats. She's still driving 600 and some visits from her Pinterest to her website. What? That's crazy. And she hadn't, she stopped pinning. Like, like she was not home at, on Pinterest for six months. Crazy, right? So this is actually more of a, how can I put this? Probably going to be a bad analogy, but close. Um, it's closer to like Google search than it would be Facebook newsfeed. Like where yeah. it's like if something's relevant, it could remain evergreen and possibly top of what's searched for quite a long time. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a whole set of strategies that you'd apply for Pinterest. It's kind of a different animal. You have to kind of get out of this SEO thinking and into a more Pinterest uh, optimization thinking. Like, for example, the strategy of building up enough of a reputation on Pinterest that you can then go out outreach to uh, the owners of community pin boards, right? These group pin boards that they'll take moderators in. If you're proven and you're, you're good, they will let you start pinning stuff to their pin board. But if you have a new account or you haven't proven yourself by doing great virtuous work on, on Pinterest, they're going to check you out and they're going to be able to gauge whether you're good or not within a few seconds. And then they'll say yes or no to your uh, opportunity of, of volunteering, essentially, working for free for them, pinning stuff. But here you have an immediate uh, community that you can reach. You didn't have to build it, right? They did it. It's so powerful. Um, there's so many different strategies you can apply with Pinterest. So just having encouraging people to pin your stuff and having pinnable posts 
pinnable images is a it's a good tactic it's solid but have a bigger strategy and that would include things like i want to become a moderator of some of the most important uh, community pin boards in my niche that's strategic well that's interesting uh once again but you i get the feeling when it comes to pinterest it's like it's not something where you can just steal this tactic for instance hey i'm going to make the images on my site pinnable and that's enough you'd want to be investing some time on the platform and creating quality pinterest um traffic or sorry quality pinterest graphics uh, and pins and boards so that you can perhaps take advantage of bigger things like you've mentioned here with those community boards ideally yes but you can still get a lot of value even if you're gonna just not be home on pinterest for example i've had clients who are like well we don't have time to even think about pinterest all right i got my pinterest power user she's amazing here's some examples of her work she can come in spend 80 hours or so creating all these pin boards adding tons of pins like you know over a thousand pins and we'll strategically place the pin boards in order and so forth. So the most important ones will be at the top in the first row and we'll have ones that will position you powerfully. Like I, if you go to my Pinterest account, you'll see that my one of my first pin boards is, uh, you know, my word is the name of it. And that's my writings, my my contributions to HBR, Adweek, uh, ReadWrite, Search Engine Land and so forth, where I've got images that I'm pinning that, then point to the article so that uh plus my books of course are are in that pin board so then that is good positioning and it's as i said evergreen if i take months off from pinterest i still will continue to get value out of that initial work and if it's a client who doesn't have time to do this themselves but they can bring in you know, my uh, person here to do a lot of the building up of a, a virtuous, powerful account and then hand the keys back to the client. All right, here you go. And let's say they just sit on it and do nothing for the next year. They're still going to get value every single week from that Pinterest account. It sounds like it could be a um, much more, how can I put it, lucrative play than some of the things we see on Facebook. Like, I uh- I mean, my feeling even listening to you speak now is I'd much rather invest my time into something that maybe will be around a year than is going to be around an hour. Yeah. Yeah. If you're if you're putting time into creating organic stuff for Facebook, you're wasting your time. Sadly, it's just it's pay to play. It's a pay to play platform. So you got to create that remarkable content that's worthy of sharing and going viral. And you have to supplement that with a serious amount of ad spend and get the ball rolling so then it can go viral. And, and if, if that piece of content that you've uploaded, whether it's a video or uh, an image with some text or whatever, uh, as, as your Facebook post that you're advertising to, to drive that, you know, get that snowball effect going. If you don't get enough shares, the share to reaction ratio needs to be high enough that this thing is going to look like it's got traction. If it's all the reactions, you know, the likes and the and the loves and like that doesn't move the needle for for Facebook. They don't really care about that so much. It's the shares. So if if your content is super shareable and you facilitate that and you remind them to do that and so forth and you get that share to reaction ratio really high and you supplement this with the, some serious ad spend, 
you can make massive money with Facebook. But yeah, forget about it if you're trying just an organic only approach with Facebook. If you're going to do organic only, Pinterest, telling you, Pinterest is king. Well, you mentioned one more there, and I'm I'm mindful of time, but I'd love to get... um a little bit of insight here as well. So first off, actually, I will come back to this. Facebook, we abandoned as an organic strategy and have gone all paid. And to back up your point, our data shows the exact same thing, that basically organic is yielding very, very low returns. We might see 30 people see a post, but the paid platform is certainly performing to no surprise. It's to their benefit. (laughs) But good tip there on Pinterest, but you mentioned Reddit before and, um, it's funny, you actually mentioned Reddit to me at the event we spoke at together. And um, at that time, I wasn't necessarily into Reddit or even understood it. And I have since, I won't say become addicted, but certainly developed a taste for it and the platform itself. But how can Reddit benefit a podcast or how one might think about using Reddit towards SEO or their podcast? Right. So you got to be very careful about quote unquote marketing inside of Pinterest and inside of Reddit, because what will happen is they uh, will get their pitchforks out and they will chase you off the platform. The yes. Redditors, just like the Wikipedians, hate marketers, marketers who are trying to use the platform to get traffic to their offers, to their products and services. So you really need to be very, very careful, mindful that these uh, Reddit users are not keen to hear from marketers. So with that said, if you can get a power user to uh, represent you, like the, and, and you don't want to have like your personal name or your company name or your brand uh, as the Reddit handle or username because it's, it's more of an anonymous <laughs> platform, right? In fact, one of the worst things that can happen to a Redditor is to get doxxed. D-O-X-X-E-D. So to get doxxed means that you get your personal identity revealed for your your username. Uh, so that's that's that can be a devastating thing for some people because they're so open, like sharing uh, intimate things and, and comments and so forth on Reddit that they very much value their privacy. So you want to uh, have this kind of private account, not directly associated with your name. And you want to have a lot of post karma which are the, these are the karma points that really matter. There's comment karma too, which will help you to get your comment more visible if you post a comment to somebody else's post. But really the magic happens when you submit uh, some sort of content piece, whether it's an article or an image or a video to Reddit. And if you have a lot of post karma, then you have a lot of influence and you could potentially hit the front page of Reddit. And the Reddit front page is essentially the front page of the internet. So it's very, very powerful to hit the front page. Now, my power user on Reddit uh, created an account from scratch for me, which is my asset. You know, so she does stuff from her accounts as well. She's got alt accounts and so forth that are like in the century club, meaning over 100,000 post karma. Uh, so very influential accounts. But she created an account for me from scratch, which is my asset that I own and uh, built that up. And then from that account, she hit the Reddit front page like three times in uh, the first three months. That's quite an accomplishment. Not easy to do to pull off that type of post karma. So when we talk about karma there, basically 
it works in a voting system it, from what I see in Reddit is the users of Reddit are, are voting if your content yeah, up, or what you, you get upvoted or downvoted. Yeah. So you've got to be very um, intentful about creating value on that platform if you want very to have much some success. So. And if it's seen, if they get even the whiff, the scent of marketing, they will downvote that and they will just, they'll give it to you. Yeah, it can get ugly. So what's interesting, my own experience, because I, I got a little bit of pitchforks, not too many, but a few. Um, yeah. With the podcast studio that I'm sitting in now, if I share photos of that or talk about the equipment I use or perhaps uh, software, upvotes go nuts. Like they really, really do because people are very into talking about those discussions. I've actually received some really good advice on how to set lights up. Like it's been um, value around, like it's been great. However, when I uh, posted uh, something in one of my episodes to try and see what would happen there, very quickly did I feel the ramifications of what I did wrong here. Um, it's not appropriate to just say, hey, I recorded this episode. If you're into this, you might enjoy it. Like that's, um, you're asking for pitchforks in that time. Yeah, of well, that comes back to earlier in our conversation where you get instead of give or try to get instead of give. Absolutely. That seems like you're trying to get something out of them instead of offering to give something. But if you positioned it differently, it could actually be a give. Same pitch, essentially, of like, listen to this episode, but in a way that's like, okay, here is something that I got, like TIL, today I learned X, Y, or Z, you know, thing, and it's like super fascinating or interesting or whatever, like Nikola Tesla invented what? Wow, I had no idea. And I just learned that today talking to you on this podcast. Oh, that's super cool. I'm going to post that on Reddit. And like, mm. I can't believe what I just learned from XYZ guest while I was interviewing him on my show. Boom. You just, you just dropped an absolute little nugget there, Stefan, in the framing of the post to have more yeah. success there. I actually yeah. thought I've seen something there because, I mean, it is a platform that has a lot of people asking questions as well. Like a lot of the posts are, hey, I'm having trouble with X. Does anyone know something about it or something to that nature? And I've, I've often thought there's a strategy in maybe creating a podcast around what people are asking for and then replying to those questions with, hey, I've got the solution for you. If you're asking about this, this could really help you out. Of course, you've still got to offer massive value in that and actually solve the person's problem, but there would absolutely be a way to have more traction on there if you were creating content suited to what people are wanting on there. Yeah. Yeah, great idea. Um, imagine also taking the unanswered questions from AMAs and Perfect. subject matters that you're uh, familiar with, right? So there's so many questions that come in that people get bombarded with these famous people or these subject matter experts that they get, just can't answer them all. So they do an AMA and ask me anything on Reddit, which is a huge thing that uh, is very popular on Reddit. And you just cherry pick all these best questions that weren't answered already. And you're like, I'm going to clean this up. I'm going to answer the rest of the questions and just crank through every AMA in, in the industry. Uh, in, in your industry. I think that's a pretty clever strategy too. I think this is a unique way of thinking about what content you should make. And um, if following this podcast, if you're putting the effort into the credibility pieces, like you mentioned at the start about having high profile guests and why you are trustworthy, if you're leveraging that with the demands of Reddit or perhaps even Pinterest, um, that could be a really powerful crossover on selecting what type of content to make and, and where you can fit in a really strong organic strategy. Yeah. For sure. Well, Stefan, we've uh, 
come to the end of our time here and I want to just thank you so much for your generosity. Um, now, I know there's a few things here. Number one, where is the best place for people to come and find out more about you and your podcasts? Yeah. So stephanspencer.com is the main place to go to where you'll find tons of SEO resources, recordings of presentations I gave at conferences, uh, webinar replays, uh, downloadable PDF guides and so forth, and um, tons of articles I've written for places like Search Engine Land and all that. That's all available there. My two podcasts, each of them has a website. So Marketing Speak has the Marketing Speak dot com site so www.marketingspeak.com and then get yourself optimized as get yourself optimized.com um, i also created a gifts page for your listeners uh, which will have uh, there's an article i wrote on uh, podcast seo called six ways to grow your podcast audience with seo so i'll uh, include that i will include chapter seven of this massive book, The Art of SEO, the chapter on link building and content marketing, which is not overly technical, but is going to be super valuable to your uh, listeners. And then I'll include an SEO hiring blueprint and an SEO BS detector in there. So the BS detector is to suss out whether the SEO person or agency that you're potentially going to hire is full of it or not full of you know what, <laughs> because you'll have trick questions that you can slip into the interview process that will help uh, to ferret out those uh, fakers and charlatans. And you don't even have to know SEO to use this. And, and then the hiring blueprint has a whole set of, of uh, strategies that you can use to hire an SEO person or agency and uh, yeah, not waste your time with a bunch of folks who uh, like you don't even have to interview them. You could just have them answer uh, a riddle in the job advert if it's like a, a staff person, an employee that you're going to hire and that sort of thing. So there's lots of cool stuff in there too. So that's all going to be at www.marketingspeak.com slash B-O-P. B-O-P. I was going to say, that's what I actually have written down. So luckily we corrected that. I thought we may have had a mishap there, but... Thank you so much for coming on the show, Stefan. And that's quite a bundle of goodies to give away. Now, listeners, I would really encourage you uh, to go and check out particularly uh, the one I've looked at recently, Marketing Speak and the interviews with Jay Abraham, both the one where Stefan interviews Jay and where Jay interviews Stefan, because I think it really drives home a lot of the strategies he's spoken about here. And honestly, spend 15 minutes going over the show notes he's created there. I think a phenomenal idea of where the benchmark is. Like if you were truly going to be creating exceptional show notes and great content to go on your site with your podcast, that is the place I would go to look at there. And certainly I'm even, uh, I'll say modeling some things we need to even improve in our own show. So great mm -hmm. effort, Stefan. Thank you so much for coming on the show. This has been another episode of The Business of Podcasting. Mm -hmm.